0: Unloose the Goose, we'll take no use, your paradigms run out of time and we've got no use,
1: Unloose the Goose.
2: Welcome to Unloose the Goose, episode 56. I am joined today by four geese we've got jack Spearco from the survival podcast xavier hawk from iron.com and baseline we've got somebody on as a guest today john dowie from dowie farms hey john say hi since nobody knows who you are yeah
3: man what's up i'm john from dowie farm
2: john tell us a little bit about yourself and how'd you end up on this crazy uh, crazy stream mm-hmm. here
3: I, uh, you, you forced me strong armed me into it really is what happened. Uh, yeah. at a point of a gun, actually, I'm in Tennessee right now. No, um, no, I'm in New Hampshire, the free, one of the pseudo free States now, I think is what we say. Um, I'm up here just, uh, farming away, trying to be an agorist, uh, trying to avoid the system as much as possible. I've watched the show quite a bit. I'm excited to be on, been a, uh, listener, of Jack friend of Jack's for a long time. And, um, yeah, I don't know, just excited to be here and uh, you know, talk about agorism and liberty and whatever other things we're going to cover today. And uh, I'm a microgreens farmer and uh I sell barrels. I do whatever I can basically to not have to work for the man.
2: Awesome. Okay, well today we're going to talk about like cutting through the noise and how you get your head right despite all the the chatter around us about things that we shouldn't be paying attention to, but sometimes it's hard not to. <laughs> Before we do that though, we're going to talk about a few other things as usual. And we'll start with, what are you drinking? What do you got, Jack?
0: It's called Sobiel. It's basically the generic Albertsons version of LaCroix, but it actually has flavor. Oh, neat. That's kind of cool. John's all mad because he, he got a beer early because he figured we'd all be getting soused. But, uh, I'm on, I'm on, a uh, like a 60 day reboot of Carnivore. So I'm, Drinking almost no alcohol. Um, I went to my nephews this weekend, and there's like kids running around and shit, so I had a couple of vodka tonics there. But other than that, I've had no <laughs> alcohol in two weeks.
2: Great. X, what do you got? X is muted.
1: you got to unmute X.
2: Unmute X.
1: I haven't had any alcohol in about a month. Um, I'm drinking tea. Oh.
2: Tea? What kind of tea? Oh. He's matrixing out. He's matrixing out. Okay, John, what do you got? I'm you drinking beer?
3: I'm drinking an undisclosed, clear, low-carb beer that I will not disclose the name of until I get some funding from anheuser busch It's Michelob so, <laughs> <World> Ultra. Sh- <laughs> it in a Furnito's glass because I like tequila, so we're going to pretend.
2: That sounds Although good. I'm-
3: I heard uh, Jack mentioning Yinling the other day, and Yinling actually makes a decent low-carb beer now.
2: Really? Yeah. Low carb
3: ish. like 2 ish. No, it's the same as the Mick Ultra.
0: Yeah, it's pretty uh, low. Which,
3: this is not necessarily <laughs> Mick Ultra. Well,
2: I've got a beautiful red cup given to me by my neighbor friend Jenny, and it's full of sparkling water because I'm kind of yeah. doing what Jack's doing. It's not quite carnivore, but I am on a pretty strict. I lost six pounds last this last month. Awesome. Six pounds in one size. So, I'm gonna see if I can do that next month too.
3: That's Where's awesome. Xavier, is Xavier leaving?
2: Uh, he's probably going to go get closer to his internet or something. <laughs> going to show it, us the outside.
3: It's like in another town.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now that we know what we're drinking, let's go into news. This should factor. actually be better. Can I hear you better?
1: No. This should actually be better.
2: Oh, it is a I little think bit better. it is, better. yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Really? Yeah, go sit near your yeah. Wi-Fi access point, and it's amazing how much better your internet is.
0: When you're close enough, you can feel the tumor growing. I, mean, I, I love. You're close enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love. I love your backgrounds. Beautiful plant there. So this one came out. I. I. You know, there's a lot going on in the news cycle. Like we're about to have the shutdown because the they won't raise the debt ceiling and all this other crap going on. But this one I thought was really funny. Uh, the CDC director, a CDC director, said potential loss of unvaccinated healthcare workers creates a challenge. Oh, no. It creates a challenge. Uh, Uh,
0: What challenge? Well, (laughs) here's an example. Your geniuses, where your favorite football team comes from in New York, have decided that they're going to fire, supposedly today, all the healthcare workers who won't get the vaccine. That's somewhere between 77,000 and 83,000 people. So the genius governor of the state of New York decided, I know. We'll replace them with National Guard troops. <laughs> Do you know how many National Guard troops, all of them that there are in New York? 16,000. Wow. Now they're not all medical personnel, so I don't, I don't think this plan has been thoroughly thought through. So that would be one example of a challenge, losing almost 90,000 employees for the health industry and trying to place them with 16,000 people, most of whom are like, you know, bullet slingers and mechanics and whatever. I don't I don't think that's going to work. That seems like a problem.
2: I find it interesting that uh, for the last two months, all I've heard about is not enough beds, not enough staff, not enough nurses, all of that. And then we hear this. It's going to create a challenge.
0: Yeah. No, duh. Yeah. Well, the bed shortage has been related to this uh, before now, right? Yeah. Like one of the largest hospitals in Arkansas – a person that works there, listens to my show, emailed me and said that they say that their ICU is at capacity. And the way they count beds, it is at capacity. But it's at 50% of spatial capacity. Mm-hmm. Because so many workers are gone, they can't staff the beds. So they're really at half capacity and they're calling it 100% capacity.
3: Yeah. Well, what's, I mean, even then it's like the, the, It's a misconception on what capacity is. I think Americans, just your regular American, or as I like to call it a good morning America American, they they think like, oh, ICU beds, there's got to be 150 of them in a hospital. There's like 16 or 12 or some low number anyway, maybe 20 in a very large hospital, right? I mean, it's really not a massive amount of beds anyway that we're talking about. And then if you cut that down to a certain amount, like eight or 10, it's really not a lot. And I mean, even before COVID, you were always hearing about emergency room staffing being low i've known emergency room nurses and doctors that are always like i work 16 hour shifts or 12 you know 12 hours i work all all the time because there's only two of us on or whatever um i look at this in a different way a little bit i mean you know she might pull the trigger in new york and be a lunatic and she's not very stable most likely i know she's buddy buddy with the uh, dictator in erie county um who has deemed me a second second class citizen and decided i'm not allowed to attend football games there um so, I the, if you follow the NFL, which I did up until about then, they've taken this carrot and, and a stick approach, right, with their players where they're using this, you know, all these onerous, uh, um, you know, requirements to get them all to, you know, to get to a certain number of vaccinations to about 80%, right, with the players and the staffing. and. Do they give a shit, really, if 80% are vaccinated? Like, does the CDC really care if us tax cows are vaccinated or not and safe? Like, they don't give a shit. They just want to sell vaccines, you know, because, I mean, if you look at Llewansky's history, she's a Harvard person, which we all know is just a funding situation for Pfizer and all these huge pharma companies. So really, all this is is a funding situation for pharma and a way to sell vaccines. And, you know, so... If you can get all these NFL players to vaccinate, you can take those people and you can take the dumb people and go, look, all your heroes are vaccinated. You should do it. Well, if you can take this carrot and stick approach with smarter people that work in hospitals and go, look, 80 percent of these people are vaccinated now. Now you can take that example and go to your smarter segment of society that seems to be a little less vaccinated. Right. They're finding out that your actual educated people are a little less less vaccinated. And I hate to use that word "vaccinated" because we all know I've actually started training myself to call it the COVID shot, not the vaccination. But anyway, I'm failing right now. So, <laughs> so um, you know, now they now they can use nanobots. that now they can use that segment as an example, you know, as you know, via this carrot and stick approach. So I don't really think they give a shit if 80 or whatever percent of these hospital workers have taken the COVID shot. I think they're just trying to get to a number. So they can use that as an example to this different segment of society to sell more vaccines, because that's really yeah. got to be their goal in the end. I mean, they, like
0: I think we've. Established. I mean, Pfizer executives have to make their 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 uh, forecast accurately, right? Yeah. Like we can't, they're coming we out can't out. have them right, missing earnings that could crash the stock market. I think John's yeah. right. And I think it's some of it's a head fake, like supposedly 77 83 000, whatever number you believe, are going to get fired today. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any reports of them actually getting fired, being fired. And yeah. I'm wondering if like they pushed it right to the end and said, will you blink? And I think that that's what we all need to start doing. That's what I've been saying. Nobody yeah. should resign. None of this shit. You, you, if you have to, if you don't do this, you have to resign. No, bitch, you have to fire me, and I want you to sign this piece of paper right here that Mm -hmm. says that I'm in otherwise good standing, and you've chosen to fire me only because I refute medical treatment. Make sure you sign that, Karen, and HR, and I want it notarized, and then I'm going to go see my lawyer. And I don't know if you'll win with your lawyer, but, I mean, that needs to be, if you're going to fire me, go ahead and fire me. And I don't, I you know, I ran some pretty large companies. There was never a company that we could have survived if 30% of our workforce just left. Yeah. Right. Especially when you think about, well, who are the people that won't get vaccinated? The people that aren't afraid. Right. So we're probably a bigger percentage of the workforce. Yeah. So it's probably more than 30 percent. Like you could say the like vaccination rates in Buffalo are 65 percent, but probably of working people, it's probably much lower. Yeah. So how can any company, how can anybody survive with half? I got to believe 70,000 freaking healthcare workers. That's got to be like half the healthcare care workers in the state. Yeah, it's, it's. yeah. It's- can you really do it? I know you can say you'll do it. I know you have the power to do it. And when but they say- can you do it and not have, like, she said a challenge, Nicole. Do you think
2: it's a challenge or
0: do you think it's like.
2: Think, well, it's a giant game of chicken, as near as yeah. I can tell. It's yeah. a giant game of chicken, and some people are folding because they're so scared of losing their income that they finally just fold. I know people have done that. I talked to somebody else, though, and I'm keeping it anonymous on purpose, who works in an emergency room in a hospital network that, that mandated before any government mandates came out. And they told me that they just didn't say anything when the announcement came out. And then they didn't get it and they didn't apply for an exemption. And the day before it was about to go into effect, they were granted an exemption for religious reasons, having not applied for one. It was a doctor, and the person gave notice anyway and left and went to do something else where that doesn't matter. Yeah. And so they ended up losing somebody because because of that situation, but it, it just sped up the person's plan to already build something different anyway. They were going anyway. They were going anyway, but, you know, it was interesting because the, the, the networks are not oblivious to the problem, right, that they're going to lose the staff, and so then you get – so, you know, the example is somebody got a religious exemption they never applied for.
0: And they got it by not. They never were the whack-a-mole that stuck its head up and said, I'm right. not doing it. You can't make me. They, just, they just didn't do anything. Like, yeah. I'm not getting it. I'm not talking to you about it. I'm not yeah. worried about it. You know, if somebody, if, if Karen and HR asked you say, yeah, maybe I'll get one. I don't know. why
2: <laughs> So we have it in comments Somebody says, yeah. Pippin, Pippinized says, I was told that my employer will no longer that. pay for sick leave to employees who don't have the jab. Will they not pay for sick leave or not pay for sick leave if you get the, the illness? The That's,
0: COVID?
2: Yeah, the COVID. Cause I've, I've, I've heard you, that and I, I wonder how they get away saying. with that if they have sick, leave. like if you have sick leave accumulated, I don't know how they refuse you when you're sick to use your sick leave without also a li- a, a lawsuit happening.
0: Don't you see this being a real disaster for, like, jobs where people have labor unions when they say something like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, you you just don't want to get behind the socialism. But, like, in that instance, it's like socialism. It's like two socialists, like, beating the shit out of each other. And I I don't buy tickets for that one.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have seen airlines say they won't pay the extra. Like, they were giving up to six weeks or something, which is beyond the norm they won't give the extra if you don't have the job and you get a really bad case but um, i haven't seen anybody say they'll take away what you're already entitled to and i don't know how they do that if it's if it's in 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 the statute it just doesn't i mean
3: yeah.
2: i haven't been in a job where you get sick leave in a really long time so like what's the, maybe what's ever this, yeah what's sick leave <laughs> i think i worked there oh, my like first job like, in created, college yeah in got sick leave man. there yeah that was the last I think they're trying time, because it was always, creative, like, uh, PTO, and so you either got sick or you went on vacation X
0: wanted to say something.
2: What?
1: X wanted to say something. No, X, it's just, time for you to pipe they're up just and doing some be quiet. Creative, they were just doing some creative enforcement. Like, it, it, it seems Ex, like, like you said before, you. they've got a chicken and egg situation. What the fuck? I hear him. I hear him. Okay. You can hear me.
2: I don't hear him. Yeah, so
1: it seems like there is, like you said, a chicken egg situation where the uh, you know saying, oh, you have to have these mandates. You see that the NBA, like thirty percent or more of the NBA, is saying we're not going to do this. Uh, a lot of the players, so that's making an issue for them. Like all these players are coming out and saying, yeah, we're not going to do it, and not it because we the like the Hornets.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're going to try to do it coercion ways to, to coerce you into do it, like. what well, hypnize hypnize saying where, Oh, we're not going to pay your sick leave if you don't get it. But all of those things are illegal. You cannot enforce medical tyranny on anybody. And sure. i try fine.
3: Yeah. I, so I have a buddy that's, uh, works at a, um, like a waste treatment facility or something in Ohio. And, um, his kid tested positive. His kid's like 12 or something. So, whoo, huge threat there. And, uh, you know, he, um, he had to stay home and it, you know, during COVID, you know, threat or whatever, uh, you know, he would have had that paid as extra time, right? So it wouldn't have had to use his sick time and he would have been paid. And I think they are a union. I think I can't remember anyway. Now he has to take this week off and it's part of his sick leave, but I guess my solution to that person that asked that question, uh, is just don't tell them you have COVID just tell them you're sick and then they have to just use your sick time. Right. I mean, they're so like, if you're just, you have sick time and you have COVID and they're like, we're not going to pay your sick time because it's COVID and you don't have the the COVID shot. Then don't tell them it's COVID.
1: Lawsuit. Right?
0: You can have the flu except nobody gets it anymore.
3: Yeah. Just tell them you have a bad cold.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, the, got the flu here like a month you're not ago. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you're Legit. not even lying. Legit. I have a common
3: cold. Yes.
2: <laughs> that wouldn't be lying. I have,
3: I have COVID-18. <laughs>
1: COVID-18. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: I, I mean, I do think, though, like the overall thing, like what they're saying it could be a challenge. I think they're starting to, like, signal that, that there there is a point where they'll tap out. Yeah. Because yeah. I think right now the, the, the odds that you're going to get somebody who's not vaccinated yet to be like, you know what? I've changed yeah, my mind. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go get a vaccine. Right. But now we could be getting some help from the Vax tards. Right. Because um, there are people doing what's called a bootleg booster because the potato salad in chief came out and said that you all need your boosters. Right. So then the, the, the FDA said, whoa, 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 time out there. Not uh yet, grandpa. We, we make that decision, not you. And the decision they came out with is if you're high risk or over 65, yeah. get a booster. So then some of the booster tards want their booster. So they're like going like you can go into like Walgreens or Albertsons Pharmacy or whatever and be like, hey, I need a COVID vaccine and they'll just give you one. Right. So they're going in saying they're unvaccinated to get the first vaccine, which is actually the third vaccine. And that just seems like it has stupid written all over it. But I don't know. Maybe that'll falsely inflate the rate, right? Like total count. So then maybe, yeah, maybe that'll take some pressure off of us. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. I actually think I know oh, I'm someone pretty someone sure did this that they're inflating same. the numbers.
2: I don't know why yeah, you I'm would be sure so keen numbers. to get the booster when you believed all the experts up until now. And the FDA is actually saying, not yet, we don't know if that will make you sick.
0: Yeah. Didn't you listen to the senile old man,
3: Nicole? And then
2: the CDC is like, never mind that. You need it anyway. And like, the guy that
3: has been on the advisory committee of your vaunted bureaucracy for 34 fucking years has now quit because he doesn't quit. like your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, no, no, nothing to see here.
2: Yeah. I, I I don't get the enthusiasm. At some point, it's like you guys have been throwing these experts up in my face and saying that my own analysis of the of the studies I've read isn't good enough and I need to trust the experts. And I'm like, what happened to trust the experts?
0: Well, they changed their mind now. Yeah, Which it's, it's Biden, not the narrative
2: Biden. they want. And right. uh, I, excuse me if uh, I don't think an elected president who doesn't seem to be able to string two words together when asked a question without a teleprompter is the one I'm not going to listen to.
0: Yeah, out of all those people, even a lot, lot of really stupid ones, I'm really not listening to him. Right. Well, it'll be, he's hard to listen to because you don't know what he's saying.
3: It'll be interesting to see if they back this shit off. What? Did you say today they're walking? They're. they're yeah. So today was the deadline. See, it'll be interesting to see what her excuse is tomorrow because there, yeah. there will be an excuse tomorrow. <laughs> There'll be some bullshit that comes out tomorrow. I mean, it won't be Cuomo, you know, you know, doing his sh- weird, you know, won't be as eloquent. There won't yeah. be an Emmy issued because of her speech tomorrow, but there'll be some walk back tomorrow. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to watch that happen and watch the apologists.
0: Well, she already did the Jesus plea. She went oh, to, I don't know if you saw it, John, she went to a church. I don't watch any of this. She went to a church and <laughs> she said, I need you to be my apostles to the unvaccinated. Wow. And Jesus, oh, would want. Yeah, I'm not adding anything to this. Like, Jesus would want you to get the vaccine because it's a way that you show that you care for your fellow man. Wow. And you should thank God God for the vaccine. And she's like wearing a little, she instead of a cross, she was wearing a little, like a little holy relic, you know, necklace. But it literally (laughs) said Vax. Wow. And there's like a no, whole line of jewelry and shit that. like that now. Like he was wearing like a, they vaxxed and
3: wearing like that thing that like girl in the bar you'd pick up in the, in the late nineties, whatever name on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that exactly. Thing? But it says back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's great. <laughs> so in, so one I of our listeners that. and watchers that was right now thing. commented that being in Australia, I'm more concerned if the vax rate gets too high and the unvaxed will be totally locked out or in the minority. So like in the United States, we have the option, you know, so so far we've had the option of actually not getting vaccinated while having, you know, the propaganda machine doing everything it can to encourage us to do it and coerce us. But in some places, like in Australia, they're actually creating legal ramifications for the people who don't. So what do they do?
0: I don't know. Italy's worse. Italy, they won't even pay you. Like they don't fire you if you just stop getting the paycheck. I think if you're in Australia, that's at this right, point, that's right.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get off to get out of there, right? So we're I
1: mean, um, away from Thunderdome and, and Tina Turner in a in a in a bikini.
2: But if in you right now. 75 80 percent, you still have that ten percent. And I guess what you're looking at is that ten percent have to help each other. But there's a bigger thing here. Just because somebody has the vaccine does not mean they're not sympathetic to your your right to choose. What goes into your body? I was just right. like, I was just on a road trip for three days and I talked to, to people of all political backgrounds in four states and zero of them, zero of them gave a shit about what I choose for me. Some of them thought, you know, I would be better off if I get it, but they didn't, they never questioned my right to choose. And I think that because the narrative has been so far the other way about mandate 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 and you're an asshole if you don't get it and it's your fault that it's it's um, mutating and all of those things that we think that's what the predominant opinion is and I don't think it really is. Yeah I think it's regional. I think you know like the people who push back on me with the mandate stuff, are from the Pacific Northwest. Sure, they are. Literally, right there. They're and they are—they've yeah. uh, been miserable for two years over there with the way the government's reacted.
0: And they want you to be miserable too, or they think if you're if you're compliant, their misery will end. They they believe in the deal with the devil is going to work. But I wonder, like, do we? And I say we. I don't really mean these four people here. I mean, we as the, you know, I'm not going to do this side do we need to stop being dicks? Because like I just did my show today, had to deal with somebody being a dick to one of my guests because my guest was vaccinated and had a reaction to the vaccine and was explaining what happened to her. Like I want the vax crowd to say, you know what, Jack, we think you should get vaccinated, but if you don't do it, we respect your opinion. This guest, when they were coming up and they were saying they were going to do it, I told them, I don't think it's a good idea. It's really early on. We don't know how any of these things are going to play out yet. And they're a doctor and a nurse. And so they're in the medical industry and they believe in vaccines and they went ahead and did it. And the minute they did it, I shut my hole. They're adults. Yeah. They have every right to get a vaccination if they want to. Yep. And they got the J and J. And if you would have put a gun to my head and said, pick one or I'll shoot you. Yep. I would have picked the J and J. And they still had major reactions. Right. Yeah. But it's not right. my business right. once they've made that decision. And I think it has to go two ways. And like, Seeing people on, you know, so and so our side being complete cocks to people. It pisses yeah. me off. Like you're not helping our, our case here when you're doing this.
3: That's the exact same thing as being on the other side and being mad at somebody for not wanting to get back. It's, it's a hundred percent the same thing. You're yeah. not helping anybody's cause. To me, if you're going to be that way, just get the fuck out. You know, I mean, and you probably reacted the same way, I'm assuming, but, uh, I just, I have no time for these people that are going to be that you way about
2: play it. into the narrative no matter which side you're on when you become yeah. a dick on either side yeah because on oh, the line here are the two I sides when you become a dick on one side you are helping the narrative because the people yeah. who don't believe what you believe are then affirming their opinion when you're against them by butting heads with you
3: to kind of get back to that australia question i mean i think that uh what nicole's doing in tennessee is maybe the answer to what that guy's saying because i mean i <laughs> When that, that guy asked that question, I don't know if it was really much of a question, but like, I don't know if I have any answer for anybody in Australia other than maybe you can find a boat and become a Haitian refugee, you know, but like, right, right. I, I mean, if there's enough of you, maybe you can find a place, you know, and a guy that's got some land and you can go there. Maybe, I don't know, like the government there seems to have become so ridiculously oppressive and you have almost no self-defense from the way I read it from here. And I might be wrong on some of That's that. That's the fucking
1: but. point, right? Is like how yeah. far back do, do we get pushed into our own little reservations and then become yeah. the remnant? Like the, the 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 time to stand up was months and months ago, nearly a yeah. year ago, at the very beginning of this. And, and that when people got removed and deplatformed or silenced, all the doctors who were coming out was to everybody create an uproar then. But the problem is, is people don't think about the wave coming. They watch the the water go out on tsunami and they're like, Oh, let's go see what's under the water, right? Instead yeah. of going the opposite way and, and hightailing it out of there.
0: Then it was it a little kid that was telling everybody, now. no, this is bad. Go away, right? right. Nobody to a little kid. Right.
1: They,
2: yeah. And, the little kid yeah.
0: ran and the little kid ain't dead, you know? I mean, now I want to say something like Ariel here in comments, and I'm not picking on you, says we're all in this together. I don't believe that we are. And I'm not just separating like us from the elites or whatever. We're not all in this together. The people that Nicole are talking about that are up in the Pacific Northwest right now, I'm not in it with them. I I live on my own little kingdom farm down here. I live in a state that's relatively free. My life is literally no different right now than it was in 2018 at this point. There was some stupidity in the middle, but it didn't last very long, and I'm not in it with them, and I don't pretend to be. We're not in it with Australia. The four of us, we're not in it with the people in Australia. We're not out in the streets getting shot with 40-millimeter freaking rubber bullets in the face, right? We're not in it with them, and we shouldn't pretend that we are because if we do, and I know the sentiment sounds good. and Again, I'm not picking on Ariel, but if we pretend that we are, then we're saying there's not a solution because in America there is a solution. As long as you're not bringing your stupid with you, come to one of the places that actually believes that you have a sovereignty over your body, Come to one of the places that actually, like, thinks people should be able to open their businesses and, and make that step. Like, and I know some people, like, they, I don't want to run away or whatever. Like, do you think the people that that climbed over the Berlin Wall when machine guns were being fired at them were cowards? Or do you think that they believed in something more and they wanted something better? Right. And and so if they're not cowards, and you're not a coward for leaving New York. You're smart. Like, I mean, New York's a terrible place to live. It was terrible before COVID. Now it's even worse. So I think that one of the solutions, and I don't really have one specific to Australia, but I'm kind of betting even in Australia, I bet there's parts of Australia that are like, yeah, we have those rules here, but – because that's how we got where we are in Texas. Oh, oh, yes, there yeah, is. You I heard had a conversation here. with a lovely lady – it, it, wasn't it, governor, it wasn't that the governor decided we, we don't want to do this. It was the people of Texas decided we're not doing this. And then all of a sudden Abbott's like, I have an idea. Right. Anyway, X, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I had a great conversation with a woman in Tan- Tasmania and she's like, yeah, all of the, the laws are here, but we live, you know, very remote. We've got about you know, a thousand people in our town and nobody checks anything and we just go where we want and nobody's had to, ha- nobody's really had to do anything. But they were like what you had said before we got on on live, and that was like, keep your head down, just do your thing, and don't make a spectacle of it, and you'll be fine for the most part, right? I'm sure that there are some people with, you know, in jobs and, and, and roles where they're being forced to or being coerced to, but in some places in Australia, they're not even checking.
2: Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I got two things. One, um, over on the Odyssey channel where we're also stream- streaming this, and I can see the comments because I have a different screen up here um dad bod medicine nate says uh raleigh fire department just got in trouble for turning down promotions because applicants couldn't provide proof of vaccines so they tried this and they got slapped um and the second thing is i see dan here says feels like we in australia are too small a majority to be able to effectively resist that's an interesting thing because i think 10 percent just choosing not to participate is a big deal. It's a bigger deal than you think it is. And you may feel alone and they want you to feel alone. And the narrative is designed to make you feel alone. There are more of you there than you think. I, mean, I talk to people in Australia all the time who are resisting. I think it may go back to what does resist mean? If resist is simply, this is my line. I'm not putting it in my body. That's one thing. If resist is come out armed and, and, and attack people, that's another, but what I'm seeing out of Australia are protests and people going out and doing things anyway. And, and what you need to do probably is address mindset, right? How can you expose yourself to people who will support your right to choose? How can you hang out with, communicate with people and, and find out what they think about this, about, um, the whole thing, so that you feel empowered, you kind of tap into our natural tendency to want to be with a herd or a tribe, and and get out there and and be able to stand because you have you're the only way out of that situation in Australia that I see is at some point the people who are going to stand need to stand.
0: And uh, Ariel's yeah. back and she says if they come, somebody asked uh, Storm Girl said, what, "What will Texans do when they come for them?" And Ariel said, "If they come for Texas, they've got an army to take down." And I think some of that attitude is part of the solution. And I, I'm encouraged by Australia because I am seeing what Nicole is talking about. People like saying, "No, we're not going to do this," and and I, I really think that there's way more of us than them. Way more. But I mean, I'm talking about you know vaccination rates. I'm talking about people willing to stand because most of these people, the, these politicians. These mouthy Karens online and stuff, they're not willing to stand up. They want to use force by proxy. That's always what yeah. the cowards do. They use force by proxy. They take young men that are willing to, you know, think they're following for king and country or whatever, and they use them by proxy. They have no stomach to stand any of them. So I think that most of the people on our side, we are standing by saying no. So I, I think that there has to be some level of rebellion. And I think one of the things that has to stop, and I don't, Mean to pick on anybody that's commenting here, but I've seen a lot of like this surrender ass attitude. I'm 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 sick. Like I'm ready to the point where when I'm doing live streams and I see somebody, it's all over. There's nothing we can do. You're not fucking part of this conversation. I don't have time for your shit. If you believe that, go jump off a fucking building or something. Like don't bother me. Like that that attitude, and then you think you're the resistance. You might as well go become a, a, a mass Karen because you're not helpful. Like, just like we don't want to be dicks to people, we also don't want to be, like, surrender monkeys, which I, I only know that from The Simpsons.
2: <laughs> Dowie, what do you think? About? About anything. <laughs> I don't know.
3: Um, yeah, it's I don't know, man. The, You're the up there and
2: live free and die world.
3: What's it like up there? It's not anymore. I So I think about, you know, that, that whole live free or die thing up here, it's kind of – it's wavering, I'll be honest with you. Like I've thought about if I wanna do the or so I, I'm a season ticket holding Buffalo Bills fan. At least I, I tried to not be, and then I, I fucked up on my phone trying to cancel that shit. So <laughs> that's a whole long story, but we won't get into that. Um so now I just sell them at a loss. But uh so if I want to go to a concert ever again, which I do like to do, if I ever want to go to a comedy show ever again, which I do like to do or a football game, which I'm eh, whatever, who gives a shit anymore? Um, I'm going to have to go to Texas, I think, because every single one of those venues now is requiring a Vax passport. Right now I do support uh business owners rights to do that. That's fine by me. However, I just think that it's a little different now. Like, Especially with the football game thing, it's that's an Erie County decision that wasn't a Buffalo Bills decision necessarily. That was you know above them. I think that's bullshit. Uh, but whatever. I uh, you know that's up to the team to resist, and they didn't do it, so they can fuck off. But uh, you know the, the all these concert venues and stuff requiring vax passports. I mean, I've, I've come to the point where I think that if I'm gonna ever do anything fun again, uh, that I like to do, other than work. I'm gonna to have to move to Texas, maybe Tennessee. Live next door to Nicole. Uh, I can't live in Florida. Mm-hmm. There's
2: too many. We might be closer to that. I'll keep you in the loop. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> trust
3: me. <man. laughs> so uh, at least on my end, I know. And I mean, I like living up here. I'm not a. I like the heat, but I'm not a fan of the excessive oppressive heat. You know, so it's like I, I have some obstacles. I don't have mobile customers for my business. Air conditioning
2: is a-, one a beautiful thing, Dowie.
3: But not to get. Uh- What's up? Unless it's really loud.
2: Air conditioning is a beautiful thing, right, X? Yeah. Yeah,
3: unless, unless it's, it's really loud. loud.
2: Yeah, unless it's really loud right b- behind your camera. But uh, there's a lot there. Yeah.
3: I mean, it, it is what it is. I had a segue into the main topic at some point, and I, oh, I, not I had
2: quite a second
3: beer yet. and forgot it.
2: One more thing. Uh, so I chose this article because a director at the CDC mm-hmm. is pointing out it's problematic if you lose all your health care workers, which is setting the stage to not lose all your health care workers. Mm. And we're right at the cusp of the Pfizer-Mectin research that's going on for this new pill that they're coming out with. Yep. <laughs> so we may be like coming over a hump here with that whole thing, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pfizer-Mectin is coming.
2: Pfizer-Mectin is coming.
0: pfizer The reason Nicole's calling it that is like Pfizer has this new drug that you can take if you've been exposed to COVID and it's supposed to prevent you from actually getting it or at least keep you out of the hospital. And the active thing in it is strikingly, strikingly similar to one of the active components in uh, ivermectin.
2: Yeah. So
0: ivermectin doesn't work. It's horse-paced, even though the guy in 2015 that invented it or found it, actually, because it's naturally occurring, uh, won the Nobel Prize for how many lives it saved. Human lives, not horse lives. But now Pfizermectin's is going to replace it. It's just wonderful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I was cracking up when I learned more about that. I thought it was gonna be like hydroxychloroquine with, with zinc that they were trialing. But that's uh,
0: gonna be Johnson and Johnson's. <laughs> yeah, no. It's okay. gonna have chelated it's gonna be ACQ with chelated zinc, and they're gonna put some bullshit in it and they're gonna say that this uh, this mitigates the risk of taking hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. It'll probably be like oxygen or
1: something, you know.
2: That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. hilarious. Okay. Well, you're sure giving them
1: a lot of deference there. I doubt that. I doubt that they're going to actually do anything other than produce more and more vaccines and push that. And there's so few people who are incentivized monetarily to get that, but they happen to be in very high positions. But, and then but, there
0: are doctors but, like- but actually, don't know the magical thing about Pfizer mectin you, <laughs> oh, yeah. right, okay. you have to take it every day for forever. Oh, right. You have to take it every day forever. And how much
3: does it cost? And
2: it's going to be $10. $5 million.
3: $100 a <laughs> I don't
2: know.
0: But, wait, yeah.
3: yeah. no, to you, it's free. Free. Very yeah, good. Free. Hey, no, what did I hear today? Just, some, just tell some, all your friends.
2: But we need to raise the debt ceiling to make yeah. it be free to you. That's some, litera- some liberal commentary. Literally free. Bullshit.
3: It's not literally free. We're all paying for this shit. Literally free would mean it fell out of the fucking sky and no one paid for anything.
0: <laughs> right, right, We're going to have to move on soon and talk about meditation yeah. and shit because Dowie's about to snap again. I know. I, well,
2: I to do that.
1: Oh, I just run here. Oh, it's what about okay. – you, you You just brought up a segue for the debt ceiling and how we're going to be broke in a month as a country. <laughs> Every so, time I know, go to Jack's event, I ain't worried about it. No, we, every, so as yeah, of exactly. October
2: 1 or something, we're going to stop paying veterans, right? Because we haven't raised the debt ceiling, so we can't approve a budget. Isn't that what's about to happen? Close the,
3: close the parks and so yeah. on. I got my Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Every time I go to Jack's event, where that's a debt ceiling crisis.
0: <laughs> that seems to be true. <laughs> <It is. laughs> that's,
1: yeah. True. That's why he it, plans it that way. Yeah.
2: I don't know about y'all, yeah, but man, every time they the part do part the is. government shutdown thing, I'm like kind of the liberty lady in me is cheering because then you see yeah. what the government doesn't do. It's like, okay, has anything changed? It's a bummer for yeah, the people exactly. who don't prepare government assistant checks, but basically has anything changed? No, they've just barricaded the state parks. Why'd yeah. they do that?
3: I don't know. Which, which ends up costing them more money to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good time. Yep. It's, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Okay. So with all that noise going on, <laughs> let's 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 go into that uh there's there's a lot so one of the reasons i like all of the gaggle is y'all you y'all you anal, analyze things in ways where i see a different perspective right and i think to get perspective you have to be able to separate yourself from the the screaming the the we're all going to die screaming that seems to be just a natural part of our <laughs> our cycle of communication and media. And like, at this point I'm watching all these new shows come out that are all narrative, even though they're just sort of some entertainment show, there's always a narrative in it. That's trying to lead us to, to wherever the propaganda machine is going. Right. So how, what do you, what do you do to separate yourself from that and, and reground in principles and reground in the ability to analyze things from a place of logic rather than fear?
1: Who's going
0: first?
3: Can I start?
1: So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I just presume the worst outcome possible and say, <laughs> okay, I can fucking accept that, and let's just go and just assume that everything's going to collapse and there's going to be a Mad Max scenario and a lot of people are going to die. And I just, I just, I just use that as my base operational, you know, function, and then I go and say, what would I build if that were to happen, and what would I, and make sure that it works for if that doesn't happen as well. And um, that really just covers all my bases. Because if the fucking sun is going to fall out of the sky, at least I know what I'm doing. And so then I'm not surprised by any of this bullshit that I read every day on the news or produce for the, for the audience. It's just, you know, that just happened. And we kind of expected it, right? So let's just keep on going. And that's my approach, personally.
2: Okay, that's a good one. Dowie, what do you do? So,
3: you know, obviously, I think... We all a long time ago probably watched the news, right, and all that horse shit. I uh, I shut it down years ago, um, you know, and I totally shut it down at one point, and I totally walked away from all the information streams at a hundred percent. I listened to some select podcasts; they weren't really news based, they were just informational and, and whatever. And I focused on my own business, and you know, and 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 just did that for a long time. But then I realized I was probably doing myself a disservice by not paying any attention whatsoever to anything ever happening in the world. So I found this guy via somebody in telegram told me about this guy. He's like a Japanese American dude. Uh, I think he's an accountant. So you can imagine how exciting he is to watch. Um, he uh, <laughs> He's great. He just every morning on YouTube, 10 minutes, just headlines, no bullshit. I don't need I don't get any like fucking Rachel Maddow like bias or any like Hannity bias or any horse shit like that. I just get like Joe Biden said this, Congress is doing that, blah blah blah, debt ceiling whatever. I just get headlines like this place there was a hurricane here and whatever, right? And that's it. And he moves on. And it's great. So I get all the headlines I need for 10 minutes in the morning and then I move on with my day and I focus on you know, my one-acre tiny farm and everything that happens inside that parameter and my grow room is all that really matters to me beyond that, you know, and, and whatever happens in my family and beyond there. So I've managed to filter out the bullshit that way. Now, obviously, beginning of COVID was a different animal because we didn't all know what was going on, and we were trying to consume some information, right? So, you know, we watched some other stuff for a little while, and maybe yeah. – what, four weeks until it got repetitive and stupid. And then everybody, yeah. all my friends on Facebook started worshiping Cuomo. And I was like, that's a minor crime. Oh family. The fucking worst. He's going to finger blast a sheriff in an elevator at some point. Like, trust he me, killed all these th- grannies. It happened. Imagine that. So, yeah. so he's the worst person on earth. Um, but no, like eventually we moved on from all that. But, uh, you know, we, we got our news and we moved on, but Yeah, I mean, just if you can find a headline source, that's what you want to do. And then you want to focus on yourself, right, and your own life and whatever you can do to just provide for yourself. And that's what I try to do. I like Xavier's uh, assume the worst approach because literally (laughs) that's what I do with everything in my life personally is I just go, okay, uh, like, we just got this new customer in my business. And I just every day assume all the crops are going to die and uh, the guy's going <laughs> <can> to fire me <laughs> in the worst way possible. I'm going to lose and all the money. that way
0: you're grateful for everything.
3: Yeah. I'm going to 100% go out of business or, like, I'm going to get sued <laughs> or something for, like, salmonella poisoning, and, and like, the worst thing possible is going to happen. So I do take that approach in uh, every other part of my life. Like, maybe the town will shut me down or, like, I'll, you know, something bad will happen. Um, and I do I do it for that exact reason. Like, I assume horrible shit is going to happen, so I'm mentally prepared for when it does happen. And um, then when something good happens, you're like, let's, let's have a party, man. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how I I filter out the, the, the noise, you know, like I got that guy that just tells me the headlines and then I go from there. And if I do want to know something about something, uh, you know, more in depth, I, then you can take that and you can go look details up and you can filter out the noise from that. Good luck because the internet is shit now. There's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's hard to find anything,
3: especially on yeah, Google. Yeah, it's terrible. It's but if like you the like only, page 50 or something.
2: You remember how the news was, like, four things on the news pretty much every day, and, and they'd get in their cycle, and that's all you would see, and you couldn't really get beyond that unless you subscribed to multiple newspapers that were printed? That's basically how the Internet has become if you rely on Google. Yeah. For news. yeah. It's like... We're gonna, we're gonna say something about Afghanistan. We're gonna say something about mandates. We're gonna say something about the debt ceiling. And there's a manhunt for somebody who killed a lady that he was engaged to that they yeah. went on a band trip. Like that's what's going on right now. And that's all people know who, who rely on that resource and they don't try to dig beyond it. And I think one of the things that helps me, uh, cut through the noise is that. I am willing to use this device that I'm holding up, which for those of you on the audio podcast, it's my cell phone, and look up phone numbers and call people and ask questions. So I go to the source. If I read something and I, I think I, if I think, yeah, that's right on, I'll also do this. But I think, gosh, something looks fishy there. If I care enough to find out, what I'll do is try to make a phone call or an email to say what's really going on here. And so I'm in the coffee world because I roast coffee and we've had some weather hit Brazil that has taken out some of the coffee, the coffee plants because it got cold and coffee plants don't like to be cold. And so the first thing that happened is all these headlines came out. If you're following coffee, that prices are going to be like double and triple and all this stuff. And all the big coffee roasters are buying Brazil beans now. And in fact, the spot price for Brazil Beans went up about thirty cents a pound, and I, well, so I was like, "Okay, I, why would that be affecting the price now, except for people, you know, basically stocking up?" So I called co- people in the coffee industry, and I said, "What's your prognosis? You know, like, what's the real dirt on what's going on here?" And I come to find out that yes, there is crop damage. Prices are probably going to go up about thirty percent on the on the the green beans that we get here, which. In the scope of how much I charge for a pound of coffee is a smaller amount than it's not like my coffee has to go up thirty percent to make up for that, right? If it goes up a dollar a pound, my coffee needs to go up about a dollar a pound for me to have the same profit mark margin. Uh but the thing that's really making it expenses is you're gonna be shocked to hear this. They're having trouble moving the coffee. It's not the crop failure. It's not we're all going to die and can't get coffee. It's that we we can't ship coffee as, as easily. And so shipping is up from international sources to us, and we've all heard about the port backups. And yeah. then once you get here, we have a trucker shortage. So getting it from wherever it is to me is costing more. And then getting it from me to you is costing more. That's where the cost is. And when you find that out, you're like, okay, I can make plans for that. And it's not some unknown crop failure, like catastrophe coming. It's Shipping's going to go up and I can tell people so they know that coffee is going to go up in price in the next year.
1: I can I can attest to that. I had a conversation with our community on in Fire on. Two of the guys are truckers. Yeah, and they're like there is not enough of us to facilitate the demand that's out there. And I'm wondering if there's an opportunity there for independent truckers. Um, or even, you know, start up, get a couple U-Hauls and see what you can do for small businesses like yours, right? There's, there's probably a market there. You don't have to be pulling a big semi with all this stuff, but you get a U-Haul for 24 bucks a day and you can go ship somebody's something and cut the cost down a whole lot. So if anybody out there likes driving, there's an idea.
2: Yeah. Well, and then I found this whole thing called com where you link up a load with a person. So they have, it's basically Uberizing loads. And it can be anything yeah. from medication at the pharmacy to something longer distance. They just got bought by U- UPS, but that kind of thing can start happening and start solving this problem, right? It doesn't have to be roadie.com, but some, there's an opportunity there in, in every yeah. big negative thing that's happening. There's an opportunity coming up. And that's, I think where people don't always like, they get stuck in the increased price and don't think of something like, okay, how can we move this? How can we move this stuff? Because there, there are also a lot of people not working. And yep. some of them want to be working. They just yep. may not If, work, some, if, if somebody
1: got themselves a good waste vegetable oils truck, a truck that ran on waste vegetable oil, created a route right between two metropolitan cities or whatever, they could start with one truck, get themselves on waste vegetable oil, learn how that works, cut their fuel costs into almost zero, and then all of a sudden they're just talking profits and time. You know, that's a small business. You don't you don't have to become a roadie dot com or an Uber. You can, like, make a good living doing something right now. And as the as everything falls apart, people like that are going to be really necessary.
3: Yeah. Just do uh, the next door. Go on there and pick shit up at Home Depot for people. If you have a truck, you know, that thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Every time my business slows down, I'm like, I have a truck and a trailer. I should just do that. But then it never and then my business picks up, and I then go. Then your
2: business oh. stops yeah. slowing down, yeah. right?
3: I'm glad I didn't do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, the- there was
2: a guy here who did that. He bought, he had like a small box truck, and a sign on it that said, you know, I'll, I'll move a load, and a phone yeah. number. And I watched it over five years go from a small box truck, to a bigger truck, to a semi. Yeah. And, yep. And it was just because he was getting all the business, and he That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Just like I had a really good friend on the in- side,
1: Yeah, I had a real good friend in Western North Carolina. He started off with one truck, and he's like, I'll just empty your house if you need to get rid of stuff, you know, 1-800-JUNK or whatever. And he did that, and he started collecting all of this furniture, and he's like, I don't want to throw this out. So he he got a warehouse and opened it up as a secondhand store, made tons of money, got paid for taking the stuff out, and then he also figured out, oh, if I'm taking metal. Like, he he took other people's trash. They paid him to take his trash, their trash, and then he turned it into a bunch of different businesses. He did, like, super well and grew into, like, like a number of warehouses, and he just focused on one area, and he was going to move to different cities, but then he got a motorcycle accident, and that, that was the end of him. But he was a real good dude, and like, there's the need out there. There are so many things that can happen that can start at a local level and expand. <laughs> <laughs> the,
3: yeah. smel- the smells of always sunny, by the way, what you just described.
0: You know, so we I- have a guy locally I- here. He's I- doing I- sort of the, the different thing. He-, he just picks people's stuff up. Door-to-door trash. The- People well he doesn't do yeah. trash. He does you need something from a store and the store doesn't do delivery or they can't deliver for three weeks or whatever, it's bulky items expensive. He just charges you like I had him pick up a couple toolboxes for me when my when my pickup truck was down. Mm-hmm. Like and he just does that. He's like an older retired military dude. He's got a truck and a trailer, and the trailer's a dump trailer, so he'll he'll go pick up your toolboxes or your refrigerator, but he'll also go buy like materials place to pick up you know four yards of mulch or two yards yeah, of dirt or whatever yeah. and he's like i'm like how are you doing he goes i'm doing pretty good you know I make about a thousand dollars a week most of it's cash <laughs> right yeah. so he's making 50 grand a year cash on top of a military retirement paying no taxes on it and i'm like how big do you want to get he says no bigger yeah. like he just doesn't want to do anymore like he's like i don't even he yeah. just puts out stuff on next door that, like this is what i do and like that just shows you there's all this pent up demand that's just underserved,
2: mm-hmm. and I don't know what that and has to do with cutting is- kind
0: through of noise, but I like it.
2: Well, it's interesting to me that we're talking about cutting through the noise in the first place. We go
0: exactly
2: go do something to solve a problem.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's
2: actually a way to cut through the noise. Is if yeah. you are if you are creating value around you, then you don't that's have right. time to to participate in in the infighting.
0: Exactly. Like, and there's I, no greater.
3: Go ahead. No, yeah, the more I do, the more successful I am, the less I give a shit about the noise. I don't care at all what's going out there. And, like, really, like, that was more of the – like, I worried a lot about the COVID and stuff in the beginning, like, what was going to happen to my – but the more I worked, the harder I worked, the more stuff I was doing, the more successful I got. The less I – don't, I don't even know. Like, you sent me the invite to the show today, and you were like, CDC director is going to fire healthcare workers. And I was like, oh, no shit. I had no idea that was going to happen. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, good for them. That sucks. I mean, not good for the healthcare workers. I mean, good for the CDC director. Like, good luck with your dictatorship. I don't care. Like, you know, whatever. Like, it's you do your thing, and you don't care about all that stuff. Like, it, you you live your life. Yeah. Probably, you know, I guess if you get sick and there's, there's nobody at the hospital, that sucks. But
2: that does suck. Yeah.
3: There's there's no.
1: Good <laughs> I mean,
0: Ron, I remember you when this all started. Right. You were texting me like fucking every day, every other day about all kinds of shit. And, like, next thing I know, like, I'm fucking selling barrels, man. Do you know how many barrels I sold? Like, <laughs> no more shit. Like, it was over. Yeah. It was like, I, no yeah. worries. Like, and, I, I got this thing. They come and yeah. pick the barrels up. They leave the money in a box. I don't even fucking talk to them. I'm like. Yeah. And then when anybody bitches to me about no opportunity, I just, I think of you with your barrels. And I'm like, G- go fuck yourself in a barrel. Like, yeah. because, you like, you know, good God. Like, what you did was anybody could have done it. Yep. But nobody will do it. When I was a kid, I bought my first car. There's this mine shack up on this mountain near where I lived full of these old electric motors from the mining days, like back in the thirties that pumped the gas out. These fans pumped the gas out of the mine so the miners didn't die. And they, when they, when they abandoned, they just threw them all in this huge building. And I went up there and like, you can't get a, even a motorcycle in this place. You got to walk in and. So I went up there with tin snips, and I cut one end off of the wire coils, and I pulled the copper out. And I would hike down every day with a backpack full of copper. And I bought my first car, and my dad said I had to be able to pay for six months worth of insurance before he let me buy the car. So I, I, got, I made enough money in the summer of when I was going to turn 16, buy the car, pay for the insurance, and have gas for two months. Just by pulling this copper wire, I'd go up every morning, and as soon as the bag was full, I'd walk down. And, I, and my friends were like, you're lucky you got a car. This is when I'm like 16 years old. I'm like, well, I'll tell you where it is. And when I was home back in, like, 03, I hiked up there, and literally the pile of the empty cores was laying where I put – nobody had touched it. Like, a tree grew up through the fucking thing and all, but, like, no one had touched it. And I must have told a dozen of my friends, it's just money. Just go get it. And they wouldn't do it. Like, yeah. it's hard. No, it's not. You fucking cut it off, pull it out with a fucking pair of pliers. Like, and there's enough up there to probably buy a car today with what copper costs, you know? Yeah. But they won't do it. And that's yeah. – that's why people get into this shit because what I do, I did a show like way back in the day called The Issues Test, and I have four questions about any issue. One, does it actually affect me? Because if it doesn't, I'm already done. Like, oh, that pisses me off. Wait a minute. That doesn't actually affect my life. I'm done.
2: That doesn't Unless it's exactly interesting well. to talk
0: about on the show, then it does affect me, right? So it does it affect me. Number two, can I stop it or do anything about it? No? Okay. Can I mitigate it? If I can mitigate it, then I care enough because if it affects me and I can mitigate it, I'll do whatever I can to mitigate it and I go on. And then the fourth one, the most important one is, can I fucking make money off it? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> those are my four questions. If all four of those are no, then, or even if the first, does it affect me? Yes. But I can't do it of the other three. Then why? Why put any of my life force, my, my precious freaking, you know, glowing orb of life, why should I, I I drain one milliwatt of that energy, that life force energy, into something that either doesn't affect me or I can't change? And no one's ever actually given me a good answer to that other than people like you are the reason it all happens. That's that's the only answer you get to that. At that's all. not an
2: answer. You have that it's all of-
0: my fault. <laughs> it's oh, all I- my fault. Obama's my fault. Biden's my fault. Hillary Clinton's my fault. Pelosi's my fault. It's all my fault. Trump's my fault. It's I. I'm a badass man. I make all this shit happen. Apparently.
2: Well, that actually it kind of makes me think of um, how people will buy into local things and get into infighting, right? Like somebody at the farmers market looks at you wrong, and all of a sudden there's a there's a vendetta for the rest of your life. It's not cutting through the noise, guys. It's not cutting through the noise. Something that occurs to me is. Like it's so. X said, you know, he's not afraid to die. He thinks of the worst outcome. Says, I can accept that, and then moves on. And and Jack's sitting there, and he's built, a, you know, a business that feeds itself, so his lifestyle isn't terribly impacted by big changes. Um, Dowie's doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I live in a 1,200 square foot home that needs to be remodeled and gets to re- gets remodeled very slowly. Uh, I'm not doing it all at once because I'm not going to go into more debt to do it. The people I see having the most fear about the mandates have a profession that pays really well, that is impacted by, potentially impacted by this. And if they lost their job, they can no longer afford their house because it's mortgaged. And, and where I was thinking as we got into this topic is that's a bummer but right now you can sell your house for a lot of money if that happens that won't always be the case but you can sell your house for a lot of money and change change your lifestyle to one you can afford if you were to lose a big income because there are plenty of jobs out there that are not requiring the jab that just don't pay as well and it may not be may not be what you thought you were going to do when you grow up but who cares you know like if it's that if your health if you've made a decision that maintaining your health means not getting the jab then maybe that means your lifestyle is going to change if you are in an industry that's going to require it and and there's no way out and then that may mean a house is being being sold yeah it, it's a mindset and i think
1: it, it is, and and again for me like it's like worst case scenario okay we have a divergent civilization that really takes two clear distinct paths one, we are going to become transhumanist robots. One, we are going to maintain our security. And they're go- the transhumanist robot camp is going to make life as techn- technologically astounding as possible, and you won't have access to it. But, you know, who really needs to fly in a drone copter or whatever it is? Like, if you're happy being on a farm and being natural, like, I'll be with you, right?
2: Dad, uh, Ch- Jack, are you muted?
0: I guess I was. I want my (laughs) jetpack.
1: I want my jetpack. You're probably gonna have to learn how to build one or or buy one on black market. Gonna have a jetpack song.
0: (laughs) The the jetpack song. It was written in the '70s. Tim something's the guy's name. It's it. It's called "Where the Fuck Is My Jetpack?" and it's awesome.
3: (laughs) Now I'm gonna have to look that shit up.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, are we done with uh, cutting through the noise or anything else? I don't think, uh, I don't had think
0: you had some stuff on there about like, um, on the outline that was I more do. about the spiritual side or did you
3: actually
1: got something
2: of what we could talk about? We don't have to,
1: okay. that, uh,
2: but yeah, getting your head, getting a head break is important. Next. What do you got?
1: Somebody said, uh, God, I want to feel joy. Right. And God gave me service. And then I complained and then I found out that service was joy. And I think kind it's, Sum it all up is when you are in service to others, you're not concerned about yourself. When we're depressed, all we're really thinking about is ourself, our problem, whatever it is. But when we go and do service, that ends the pressure because you stop thinking about yourself. And then you can apply that same approach to the problems of the world, right? If you just figure out what's right in front of you and what you can do to serve that and demonstrate your love in action, then you're feeling love. You're feeling gratitude. You're not worried about what's supposed to happen or what's going to happen. And then just keep doing that.
2: Makes sense. So I guess we could talk about the spiritual side of cutting through the noise. Um, I had thought of some ways I do it where I go on a daily walk and I do it usually without any communications on, um, not listening to a podcast or anything, but just a walk with my dogs in nature so that and I do it first thing in the morning so that I'm not starting my day by looking at news headlines that piss me off and and starting my day wrong. I do it to get my mind right going into the day so that when I come across things that could be alarming, it's less alarming. What do you all do to to get sort of that get-your-head-right thing?
3: Well, I used to watch Miyagi Mornings in the morning, but then that shit stopped. <laughs> I'm not really kidding. Um, I, uh... I guess I'll start. He actually uh, did
0: text me and say it was his therapy.
3: Yeah. I used, well.
0: People put a lot of weight on you and shit, man. You know? It's
3: it's really good. I I did. I like started uh, like before the baby, I was like, okay, I've got to start some morning routine to get my head straight. And I was like, morning coffee, pet the dog, um, you know, and I was putting YouTube on and watching the, the Clearview Tax guy that I mentioned in the comments there. And then I was rolling right into Jack's Miyagi morning because it would be live right about then. And then I was ready to just be fired out of a fucking cannon about then. So it was good. And that was how I was doing. That was my morning routine. And that's about all I have. I'm terrible at routine. So I'll be the first to admit, like, the best I can do for meditation or routine or whatever is, like, here's a cup of coffee. Here's a YouTube video. Good luck. (laughs) right and that's all i've got like i'll (laughs) tell myself i'll walk the dog every day at 5 p.m it's never gonna happen it's like the second i'm done with that like my ridiculous like adhd or whatever the hell it is or whatever goes on in my brain just takes over and i have a thousand things i have to do and i just go and then at about sometime between 2 and 5 a.m i wind it down (laughs) and then i then i fall i pass out and then i get up and do it again whenever i wake up So I like, I really need, I guess what I can do from this segment is take some tips out of this. So I can't really give any advice.
2: X, what do you do?
1: I, I get up and I laugh at the apocalypse by doing baseline. And I found that doing that makes other people happy and they laugh and that makes me feel really good. It kind of gives me the discipline, like what you were, what you were talking about, John. And then, um, And I've actually been going to like Bible fellowship, which is something that's new for me, like for 30 years. I haven't done that shit. Um, and I've been praying a lot. That's, that's kind of where it's been at. But laughing at the apocalypse, that's the fucking joint right there. I need to, I need to call out Odyssey. Are we on
3: Odyssey right now? Yeah. All right. I need them to get their shit together and make their thing work on my LG smart TV. So I can add baseline and things that are on Odyssey that work better on Odyssey. I know you're on, it's on YouTube,
1: right? Also, it's on Telegram. No, no I don't have it on YouTube it. because they. Oh yeah, they that's kick the, it my, off. that
3: was that was one of my problems. I need that to work on my smart TV so I can watch it on 75 inches of glory on part of my routine. <laughs> okay, what the hell? All right. Like, I, I can't All even right. get it to work on the web browser. It drives me. And so there's a bunch of shit that I was going to add to that routine that was only on Odyssey, and I couldn't do it. And that kind of Dropped an A bomb on my
0: morning routine, and anyway. well, he's on Float too. Yeah, I do. I posted on.
3: can't get Odyssey to work on LG Smart TV. Float is not going to happen.
2: <laughs> like, it might.
3: Yeah, who knows? I don't know.
2: Try Telegram too, because you can stream it from Telegram. Maybe, maybe I'll try. Hmm. Jack, what 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 do you do?
0: Well, I watch Baseline most mornings. I, I really do. I I, I sit really? down on the couch. I have my cup of coffee. I listen to this crazy guy here and um, have a cup of coffee. And Dorothy leaves uh, to go get a kid. So I have so I have I have you know pretty much peace and quiet except for him gabbering. And uh, I plan my day a little bit, but I don't dig into any of the crap that early. Yeah. Uh, I figure out maybe some things I want to talk about on the air. So that's in my head. And I go outside and I take care of the ducks. And then I have, I, I'm down to two cups of coffee a day now. And I have my second cup of coffee. I sit on the porch and I wait for the kids to come home. And then I, my two grandkids come and hug me. And then I, I don't really give two fucks about anything after that for, for a while. You know, that's like one of the greatest things in the world is having your grandkids come see you every day. So that, that's, that's pretty badass, And, you know, I, taking care of animals, I think to me, that's a huge thing. Um, I do it as much for what we get from them as for what they give back. And I, I mean, like in this type of thing, plus like what they do on the land and seeing that, that's, that's pretty amazing. And then when I really need a break, I go fishing. I either go fishing or I go stick an arrow at something. And, <laughs> you know, when you, when you, you find that part of yourself that is the, the, the predator that was what made our human race possible in the first place. And you're you're doing that thing, but I think that we are we are built to to feed each other and we are built to feed our families, we are built to feed ourselves. And you know, I love to hunt with a rifle and all too, but like doing it with a bow is different. Like it's 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 a lot more personal, it's a lot closer to that original predator Trimal. than we are. And I think fishing is the same way. You can catch more fish with a net or a fish trap or whatever, but when you've got that one little bitty thin line, you know connecting you to this animal whose whole life all it's ever done is know how to swim and evade and get away. And and you're fighting that fish on a line. Those types of things to me, uh, I don't give a shit about any of this at that point. And some of it we have to care about. But I think the big thing is to have points in time that we separate from it, right? And if we don't take those separations, it becomes overwhelming and it becomes like these people. I don't mean to put any specific group down, but I will. Like the Trump supporters on gas. Like, everything's the Arizona audit. Like, everything in their life is the Arizona audit and Wendy Rogers. And this one thing, and he's really coming back in November now. And it's like, the only way you can even think that is to be completely obsessed with it. And I'm picking on them at this moment to make an example because it's funny and you can laugh at it. You don't see yourself in it. But, like, we can all do that in something, right? Like, if you're living for this one talking head or something on Fox News, like – Don't like stop hug your kids hug if you don't have kids hug somebody else's kids you know be a big brother to somebody or something and 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 get out and find it maybe it's not fishing and hunting for you like what are your things find your things and embrace your things
2: yeah that's that's right on
1: and everything you mentioned besides the killing of the animals is is service you are serving your animals that may provide you with as much joy as you do Then like the act of service is what makes us feel good. We are in love at that moment. We are demonstrating love in action. We're not receiving it, we're doing it. You love your grandkids and you're showing them that by showing up. That is like that's the shit right there. That is like better than any spiritual.
0: I even think like the the, the predator aspect is an act of service as well, when it's done properly, it's done right, because natural ecosystems are, are balanced by predators and no one ever said that man can't be a natural predator. We often don't behave as that natural predator. We take more than we need. No no true predator right. takes more than it needs for itself, its family, its pack, its pride, whatever. But right. when we behave the way that we're supposed to, we're, a nat- we're, as, we're as native to this planet, we're as natural as a being in the wilderness of this planet as any other life form is. Just because we're highly adaptive and we can behave recklessly doesn't change what we are and what our true nature is. We're part of this planet. And I think a lot of our... A lot of our problems come from separation from it, by not accepting that that's why we are. This idea that, like, being a vegan, like, I'm not going to pick on vegans, but it's a luxury. Being being able to eat tofu turkey is a luxury. I mean, if you thought that way 300 years ago, guess what you were?
2: Dead!
0: Dead right? Like, that's this is a modern luxury, this idea that we don't need to be as natural as every other creature on the planet. We are, you know, we're designed to behave a certain way, to be a certain way. That doesn't mean we have to be this way toward each other, but it does mean that we know, like, lions don't walk around killing other lions, right? Yeah. And I don't, yeah. and I'm a lion, I don't mess with you unless you come to my cub, and then I'm gonna fuck you up, right? But they are gonna go kill that gazelle, you know, every other day to make sure they're pride eats. And I, I, I'm not saying everybody go hunting, I'm just saying, accept that's what you are. And if you don't accept that's what you are, you're gonna be in denial of who and what you are, and there is no way any being can ever be happy living in denial of what it is.
1: That's right. It's primal. And I think that there is a correlation between people who have a primal experience of life and the jab rates. Nicole, what about you? What's your spiritual practice?
2: Oh, I have a lot of them. Um, two, two things I do. One, I, I have moved to getting up really early in the morning when it's quiet so that yeah. I can appreciate that. But I also, five or six days a week, sometimes seven days a week, will schedule uh, from when I'm up until noon, everything. And I know that sounds psycho, and I'm not that kind of person naturally. If I do that, I get to noon and everything's done that I needed to get done, usually. And it's because I just didn't waver. And then I can do the more creative things in the afternoon. And what that makes me have from a cutting through the noise standpoint and from a reset standpoint is I don't end up in the afternoon with the deadline hanging over my head, like the monkey on my back that makes me feel bad. Cause I know I'm not going to get it done by then. I get all of that crap off of there. And I, I also am brutally honest about what I can get done in the day. I'm getting better at that. So that makes a huge difference. And the other thing is just prioritizing self and physical thing, like taking care of me. Which can be exercise. It can be making time to do nutritional things. It's, I've realized that where I'm happiest or where I get the most enjoyment is with people I love and doing simple things here on my homestead. And you know, I don't need to, I don't need to go skiing in the Swiss Alps, although I'd gladly do that once. I don't need to do that every day, right? It's not. In fact, the people I know who are in that situation are miserable and and so, I've really found that the simplest things make me the happiest and when I realized that, I just did more of that,
1: yeah
3: yeah that was the most true shit I've ever heard in my entire life.
1: yeah I'm yeah. pretty
3: sure like well, because it just resonated with me with like spending time with. <clears throat> Family, like, I, I think back to the handful of days, and when I say handful, I mean, like, maybe four in the last three months that I've had just at home, just working out back with my ducks and, you know, on my house, or, you know, with the on the farm out back with my wife and the kid and whatever, and those are probably the happiest days I've had in the last handful of days, you know, as far as just, you know, not being a slave to my business, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, you know, but, uh, that was awesome.
2: Well, they or, do program, it. They program yeah. us oh, to think okay. that what needs to make us happy is the next cool TV show or whatever. And that's not really true.
3: Yeah. That's just like, that's the heroin
0: of happiness. That's and just like, you're, a hit
2: you're, like happiness, you know? because you're not as happy there as if you just do what made you happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And get ducks. Because we have three duck owners here, and we're happier than than, than, like, than, than him, right? You have yeah, got, because, yeah. Like honest to God, John, have you ever sat in your house, looked out your window, and saw the ducks like like a pair of them go running across and not smiled?
3: Oh God, yes. Yeah. You, you can't do anything. it. Like
0: when you see them, like they're doing their, especially the runner ducks. Yeah, like, and they're just like going somewhere, and you're just like, yeah, this is a, like you just you don't even know you're like a goof. You're just sitting there smiling because. And I think this is why, like, I like ducks. I like fish. And I don't mean like the fish in my ponds, like fish in my tanks and all. They don't give a shit. Like they have cut through them to the duck. The, the tropical fish and the duck have cut through the noise. Yeah, they, they don't care. care. You can have the shittiest day. You come home, your fish are like, Hey man, you got any, you got any, got any blood worms? Like <laughs> they just, they're happy. They're happy. Yeah. They live in this little bubble, right? But they have little hiding spots and their water's all perfect and they're just happy. And like, I think that, like, that's the other thing. Like, don't be with miserable fucking people, man. Yeah. Like, when, when I find a person's miserable, you know, they might be a good person all. If they need me to help them, i would be a good enough friend. If they need me to help them move, I'll go do that. But we're not hanging out. Yeah. Right. If you're a miserable person, we're not hanging out. We're not even doing heavy email, email correspondence. And I don't mean, like, if somebody's having a bad day, that's different. I'm talking about a person that's chronically miserable. No, we're not we're not bros, man. I can't, if you've you ever been around someone like that or like, a, like a walking Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And when mm-hmm. you get done talking to him, you're like, I got stuff on. You're like, I gotta go take a shower. There's like negative crap attached to my body. Yeah. You know, maybe the Scientologists are honest. I'm like, other Thetans or whatever. Like this is awful. And, and I don't, I just don't have time for that. And I, I don't know. I used to feel bad about it. Like, you know, you should be their friend. You should try to help them out, whatever. And now I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't. But yeah. my life again, that little orb of my life force is too precious.
2: The only way I help somebody like that is in a limited amount if they've reached out to me. And yeah. then if it's like I give you advice and then you tell me why you can't twice after that. <laughs> okay, well, when you're ready to move forward, you can come yeah. back and talk to me. I mean that's that I don't feel bad about that anymore either. It's the, feel like the when energy I- vampire will suck you down.
3: I feel like when I call you for advice, all I ever do is tell you why I can't do it.
2: That's not true. You took two weeks (laughs) off or whatever that one time I told you to do that. And then it rained the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like you've actually been doing shit. Yeah, like, I, don't
0: I do know The, I do. No, the thing about John is he'll tell you, like, oh, fuck, I can't do that. And, like, you just say, okay, whatever. And, like, two days later, he'll tell you, I fucking totally did it. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? Like, that's-,
2: <laughs> that's exactly how my last call went with him. He's like, I yeah. think i have to do this thing. I'm like, well, why don't you do this other thing? And he's like, "Nah, that won't work. And then I got to text, like, like, ten minutes. <laughs> this just yeah,
1: happened. Look I I at my
0: grow room and fucking all this ebb and flow shit going everywhere. <laughs> that shit doesn't work. Three days later, it's like check it out. And he's like walking through there with his camera and shit. I'm like, yeah, there you go, man.
3: Yeah,
1: and that's all it yeah, takes, right? right. right? Just, just fucking getting past your your own self doubt <laughs> and own self criticism, and just doing yeah. something gets the gears going. That's all it is.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a verbalizer, Jack. That's the thing. He has to talk about it before he'll do it. Mm-hmm.
0: He has to. He has to first. He has to approach it with his rage. Yeah. And then he approaches it with his his get shit done, right? But it has to be <laughs> raged at first. Like he has, to, he has to be like old man yells at cloud yep. first, and then old man embraces cloud. That's that's strictly
3: <laughs> <laughs> motivated by rage my entire life.
2: <laughs> but he, but you've learned how to work that, John. Yeah, so it works. It all works. <laughs> that's why I well, end the year
3: the peaceful thing you just went on. I'm like, Oh man, that must be fantastic.
2: (laughs) Well, I just got tired of being unhappy all the time. I remember this, like in my twenties, I woke up one day and I was like, Oh my God, happiness is a choice. Even if I get in a car accident, I can be happy. I'm still alive. If I'm still alive. Right. And, and it changed my whole life to start thinking that way, but it's, it's easy to get sucked back onto the other side, especially when you feel like every time you turn around is a, you're like running into a wall. Like we all have times like that. But when that happens, I usually just stop. Okay. It brings up
1: a great point. It brings up a great point. You know, we don't move up until we're frustrated enough. And so if you feel frustration somewhere in your life, that is a good place to look and say, what am I putting up with that I don't want to put up with? Right. And, and then getting angry enough about like, Sometimes change doesn't happen in my life until I get angry. And I'm like, this is fucked up. And then I'm like, what can, then I go, what can I do about it?
2: Yeah. Okay, we got a question here from Dan. What strategies do you use to attract positive, proactive people into your life? Who wants to take that one? Be one. Huh?
1: Be one. Be one. Be a positive, proactive person in your life. And then you'll attract other proactive, positive people.
2: Yeah. I have a... Go ahead, Jack. Were you starting?
0: No, but I, I will. Uh, in the words of Richard Bach, it's the same thing he was saying: like attracts like. Yep. Like in the world of magnetism, the negative and the positive join together. But in 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 the world of human beings, you attract people like yourself. If everybody you meet's a dick, guess what?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's the hard part. Oh God.
3: With a, uh, I mean I. So I have the business I have with the with the farm, and, it, and it's interesting because, like, I have the, the chef customers that are really interesting people to talk to a lot of times. And then I have the home delivery customers that are usually interesting people to talk to and are sometimes uh, the worst people to talk to because sometimes they are, you know, like, just gone, right? They're just, like, way too over the – they're just gone with the health food thing. They're just out there, right? So – Then I started doing this uh, barrel thing that we mentioned earlier. And what I found was with the barrel thing, everybody that shows up to my house to buy a barrel that I do talk to, they're doing something, right? They're in the middle of a project. So I kind of stumbled into, accidentally started this business because of the conditions that existed at the time um, that brought these people to me every day that are in the middle of a project that's interesting to me. So, I think that if you want to interact with people that are more like you, you have to just kind of create these situations in your life that are going to put you in the right scenarios where you're going to, you know, interact with those people. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it does.
2: I mean, I have a whole method I went yep. through when I realized I had too many negative people. I listed the 20 people I interact with the most, and they included family members, friends, and people I I professionally interact with. And then I put a positive next to the ones I feel good after I interact with them, a negative if they make me feel bad, and just a dot if, it, if there was no change. And then I looked at the list of negatives, and I decided, is it like it's temporary because their mom just died, or is there something about this person that is sucking my energy? And if it was the second one, I instituted boundaries and sometimes those boundaries are i don't actually talk to that person anymore sometimes it was a conversation this has to change if it doesn't i don't talk to that person anymore and some of them changed and when i started being that purposeful about it when i realized i was kind of in a bad network it it totally altered because i knew i knew where the source was because a lot of times you'll be like it's negative it's negative it's negative and you'll be mad at sally but it's really Harry who's calling, causing the problem. It's just that Harry's bitching about Sally, and so you're you're putting it on Sally. But Harry's the problem because if Harry's the one bitching about it all the time, Harry's the problem.
3: I was muted. I did the mute thing and I screwed it up. I've done the same thing with my family. Like I love my brother. We are like we. You cannot get more polar opposite politically. You can't like we have good, great discussions in general, but it's like he is a 100% communist. I am a 100% <laughs> agorist, right? And we agree on some things occasionally. Like I'm like, this government's bullshit. It's a 100% in control by of the you know the corporations are 100% in control of it, and we agree on that. But then it all the agreement ends right there, right? We don't talk politics ever, but we can talk about almost everything else, right? So. I think you kind of have to do what you just said. Like, I, we have to put limits on those things in those relationships, especially with people that you do have to talk to, right? Like, I do need to speak with my brother, right, because he's my brother. <laughs> so, But maybe if it's just some guy you know and he's a total commie, maybe you don't need to talk to that guy. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, maybe you just cut that guy off. But, you know
2: yeah I mean I can talk to commies who if we have a shared understanding and an intention of goodness in the world we're just coming at it from different points of view I yeah. can actually get along with commies just fine sure. uh, it's, it's when when, they, they, when they're willing to like ends justify the means so we should just kill lots of people so we end up in communism that's not good
1: yeah that's no good
2: we we that that's where we run into trouble. Yeah. X what we gonna say
1: and when when you're building something with somebody that's a like creativity and you have a goal like that gets rid of all of that bullshit because then you're focusing on something that's instructive right there. And then that you can do together in my experience, right? Like the spectrum. And so long as we're working towards a goal that we all think is good, it doesn't really matter what political side or, you know, ideology people have.
2: Yeah. When people at black lives matter came out against mandates because it's disproportionately impacting people of color. I'm against mandates too. I applaud that message.
0: Right. hmm A broken clock's right twice a day, and yeah. I'm not going to say it's wrong when it's right, just because it's broken. Right. When I was, mean, it is right. It says five fifteen. It is five fifteen, and that's what time it is. Yeah. The original, the
3: weird part was that was that was something we agreed on. The original mandate or whatever, the original uh, charter of Black Lives Matter before it got co-opted and weirded out, like like the Tea Party kind of, uh, wasn't bad. If you read it, it was fine. It made sense. They had a point. Then it got destroyed, you know, as usual. But what are you going to do?
2: That's that's what happens when something has the potential to do well. Yeah. It gets co-opted. Okay, let's go into Snooker the Goose so that okay. we end on time today. I know Jack wants to end on time, I'm sure, after the week he had last week. I'm all right. Yeah, you're all right. Well, yeah. after my three-day drive, I want to end on time. <laughs> Nicole, I want the hell out of here. The hell, Jack. I, I got a steak I want to cook, and I'm going to eat <laughs> that thing. Um, anyway... Uh, Snooker the Goose, that's where we ask, one goose asks another goose anything they want to, anything's on the table. I'm going to let you guys tell me who wants to start rather than put one of e on the spot. So who wants to start?
1: Well, I've been wondering since this whole thing fucking started, what's with the barrels, John? What What is the barrels?
3: Man, I'm afraid to tell you because I actually got like screwed over on the barrels at one point.
1: <laughs> no,
2: I, uh, uh,
3: I'm sure that. Uh, no, it's fine. I'll tell you.
2: I. Was so, it your turn
3: in the barrel? <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> it's when it went over Niagara Falls, <laughs> oh, <man>. it hurt. <laughs> a weird. Yeah,
3: I took one to Buffalo. No. So, beginning of the pandemic, uh, obviously, I saw the restaurants and that shit got shut down, right? And uh, we had our busiest first week of March ever. And then we went to, you know, a good old goose egg on the second week of March, roughly. Yeah. yeah. So, it was a good time. And probably, I don't know, it was like. And April, May, May. Oh, yeah, it was beginning of May. Um, I was brainstorming, trying not to go out of business. And I was going to grow hydroponic lettuce for my home delivery customers. We were shifting to a home delivery model. And I was searching for IBC totes online, and I found Uh some. So I went to pick two up from this guy, and I showed up at this, like, place, and he had fucking barrels for days like so we're talking like 55 gallon drums and every size from you know 15 up to 60 right so all these different sizes oh mostly like soda barrels and things you know so you know he asked me what I was doing we had a conversation he's like ah what do you you know you should sell these things <laughs> and I'm like,
0: <laughs>
3: I'm, like
0: ah. I'm like I don't he has know stack to the roof right yeah you know?
3: like, and the place a fucking mess and I'm like ah you know, maybe what's the situation? And he's like, I'll bring you a bunch and uh, I won't charge you right away. And you sell them and then you pay me. And I'm like, sounds interesting, but like
1: yeah,
3: I'm like, I'll, I'll think about it. You know? And I, I got about five minutes on the street and I was like, Who, what am I retarded? Or like, what am I doing? So I called him and I was like, yeah, bring some, like, bring like a hundred, you know? And he's like, okay, I'll be there tomorrow. So the wife and I went out to, uh, dare the COVID world at the time to get some groceries the next day. And then we came home and there were like 400 barrels in our front yard. <laughs> and I'm yeah. freaking the fuck out. I'm like, Oh my God. So, <laughs> and this is a Tuesday and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, why are there 400 barrels here? And I'm, I'm just freaking out. So by Thursday night or so, I had pictures and stuff taken and I put them all on the Facebook marketplace because that's where everybody is now. Unfortunately, cause Craigslist is unfortunately dead. Um, Although they have an app now, might be coming back. So
2: it's the spammers killing it.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, Offer up. So I got it. I got it up on Facebook Thursday, like really late at night, like like 30, 12, like midnight Thursday night, right, going into Friday. And uh, by the following Wednesday, I called him for more. It was stupid. Nice. And it bas- basically, he drops them off for like, let's say, they're 10 bucks. I sell them for twenty and I just flipped them for a hundred percent profit. And uh it just it was ridiculous. Like just the money was like saved our ass on the farm, frankly, when there was no
1: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, this is before there was any like assistance, like like, you know, any of these bills had passed for yep. farm assistance or anything. So that saved us for a while. And um, then this year, this is why I'm hesitant to say it on a, a live thing, but you know, nope. I'm sure this isn't going to be, you know, a thing. So this year I had a guy show up who was like 85 years old. Um, This old dude, veteran, Vietnam vet, whatever, like Kane, had an assistant with him. And he wanted to buy a bunch of these 60-gallon Coke barrels cut in half, right? And he was building planters out of them. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool, like, how much are the planters? And he's like, 40 bucks a piece. And I was like, do you want to trade you know, barrels for planters and I'll sell the planters too. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I trade him a bunch of planters, her barrels for planters. And it's like a good deal, you know, now I'm trading him barrels for planters and I'm selling the planters and I'm making like a bunch of money on these things. And then he stops, he starts bringing planters, but he doesn't want barrels in return all of a sudden. And it's like mid June, late June. And then all of a sudden I see on Facebook, this this rando person like 15 miles from me that has this fucking massive stack of the barrels barrels I'm selling (laughs) and the guy that I work with goes to the coke plant who he has like an exclusive deal with the plant manager at the time and goes in and he's like what's going on we have a 18 wheeler trailer here and all this stuff and uh whatever anyway long story short the guy went in Sold him this bullshit story about how he donates all his profits to charity, which is 100% lie. And uh, the Coke, oh. the, the new Coke plant manager is giving this guy all of the barrels from that Coke plant and oh, still charging us for the barrels that we take, which is great. Um, so he, he cut us out like a lot there, which whatever. But we're waiting. We're just kind of waiting it out right at this point because...
0: Remember Some, Micro Green's mafia that J yeah. and I came yeah. up with? Like this this goes right into that. Oh yeah. You guys right. are cutting in on my so, barrel business. So here's like. the issue. So the guy the guy I worked with went <laughs>
3: to this guy's house and the guy is clearly fucking unstable and he freaked out the second he showed up and was like, You're threatening me, I'm a veteran and all this and I'm like, Oh, here we go. Like, I can't say shit to this guy because he will just play the veteran card instantly and be like, Dowie Farm fucking hates veterans or some bullshit, you know, and I don't need that. So I'm not going to deal with it at all. And uh, I'm going to wait till January when there's a blizzard and there's four and a half feet of snow here and he hasn't picked any barrels up and just wait for Coke to be like, will you please come take these away? (laughs) You
2: know,
3: (laughs) that'll happen at some point here. Uh, But we have tons of barrels from other supplies, you know, whatever. We have Coke. We have two other Coke bottling places where we get them. So it's just one, but, uh, but this is an opportunity in a lot of places, you know? So it's, it's definitely something like if you live in the middle of, uh, I don't know. Anywhere but New Hampshire. Yeah. Anywhere but New England. Let's just say (laughs) that word. If you're in, uh, Montana, (laughs) (laughs) you want to just Google Coke bottling plant or something. No, but there's like a shitload of factories and stuff, you know, that like do this. And, and yeah, have
2: fruit, like Gerber baby food, yeah. The IBC totes, yep. like all, all of those manufacturers, and to them it's garbage.
3: Yeah, pretty much. And and even if you can get it from them for, you know, a little bit of money, yeah. Worth, you know, it's worth something. So there's definitely just a little side hustle going on there. And uh it it definitely dropped off for me. Like it was real strong straight through till recent. And then, you know, like it, it dropped off a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Well it's and that's seasonal though, right?
3: Yeah. And then microgreens just went nuts in the last few weeks because we got a huge restaurant in Boston. So Woo-hoo! Yeah, so that's great. Who gives a shit about barrels now?
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who wants to ask the next question?
0: I'll go, I'll throw it at X. X, what is your favorite rifle cartridge and why? And please exclude tactical cartridges specifically like you know five five six and whatever, like sporting rifle cartridge and why.
1: So Except I have an you heard old. Him over Mosin, now. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I have an old, I have an old Mosin Nagant, one of the ones that there was a lot made in World War II, okay. and they went and tested them, and the ones that shot consistently, they reserved for the snipers, and so I got uh, that one, the the sniper Mosin, and I had it turned into an Archangel rebuild, which is, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice gun. Um, and I, I, like, I like those rounds just because of how big and beautiful they are.
2: Cool. Okay. okay, I got a question for you, Jack.
1: Okay.
2: I'd like to know what your favorite hardware wallet is and why.
0: Trezor because it works seamlessly with the Exodus software wallet.
2: Real simple. Okay.
0: Yeah. But we need a question for Nicole because she didn't get a question.
2: Well, John's the one who's up to ask it, too. Oh,
0: that's it. That's it.
2: He's a 300, 300. blackout considered, yeah, a, a, <laughs> considered a,
0: a good one, too? Look at me, he's like, like, shit, I didn't know this was a thing. Nah, I had no idea. I don't <laughs> read notes. <laughs> I didn't
1: know. You can ask I, me about so <laughs> it, like 762, Jack, is a 300 blackout considered uh, within the range of what you're talking about?
0: Uh, depends on how you use it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it in an AR? <laughs> I mean... I was just trying to make you—you went old school enough, even though it's a military round. You went, you know, you went.
1: Yeah, I like the seven sixty. Yeah,
3: I got a question.
0: Okay, all right for Nicole.
3: Do you do you think that the coffee bean situation is such that people should start maybe buying enough coffee to get them through a certain period of time?
2: I don't think you should buy more coffee. All the coffee that they can buy. buy. Well, so. I'm a coffee snob, and I like my coffee relatively fresh. So I won't go beyond a three-month supply of roasted coffee, and I prefer four weeks. So I think whatever your window is, you should always have that. But you should have a window, right? Or else, um, if there is a day when it's out at the grocery store, and you get to to uh, you know mail order from hollerose.com. Um, <laughs> Then you have time for the shipment to get there, which will be slower because the U.S. Postal Service has just announced that they're going to slow down how fast they get stuff mm-hmm. from A to B. Uh, but no, I think I don't think you need to go panic buy. If you are somebody who is kind of a prepper, you should learn to roast. And if you're going to store coffee beans, store them store, green. store them green. Uh, the other thing is, if you have stale coffee that you so- stored in a situation where there's no coffee. You now oh, have coffee in a situation where you don't have coffee. I just personally have set it up differently in my life. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the big things I've noticed since I started buying coffee from like you and Brian, yeah, like when I get, I get fresh coffee from y'all, I always do everything in a French press. And when I pour the hot water over it, it like foams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And if it's not fresh, I mean, even if it's still good in my taste buds, it doesn't yeah. do that. And so there's clearly something to that fresh roast that's, that's important.
2: Yeah, and that lasts about four weeks, Jack.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah.
2: that's about, you know. That's wow. that's why I don't keep pre roasted coffee around to get it out the door faster, because I don't I I don't want to send somebody old skanky coffee.
0: And and Dan Head's got my favorite round right there.
2: <laughs> that's
0: that that old Swedish round, that that round is one of the most underrated rounds on the planet, six five by fifty five Swede.
3: I have to say I love Mozinagans.
1: I'm one of those as well. It's a bolt action, and if I'm going to be out hiding on a hill somewhere, I want something that can fire more than one round at a time.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's go once around the horn, promote whatever you want, and then I'm going to go into the quote, and we're going to close it. Let's start with Xavier.
1: Hi, my name is Xavier Hawk. I produce a show every weekday morning called Baseline. And you can find me on TikTok for a little bit. Uh, I'm pretty much pretty sure I'm going to get removed off of there. Odyssey and Telegram <laughs> at t.me slash Firon. That's P-H-I-R-E-O-N. All right. pyron.com. John Dowie. Hey, I
3: just started a new podcast with a co-host yesterday, Drew Sample. It's being released on my YouTube channel, uh, which is YouTube dot com forward slash c forward slash dowie farm or just dowie farm at youtube um and uh it's also available on the sample hour and uh doing that and then uh hey i'm here that's about it
2: all right jack
0: so i'm gonna use my promo to promo a friend um luck o the irish fishing guide service with omar cotter and it shouldn't be called fishing guide service it should be called fish catching service um, the guy's pretty amazing and he's run he's just now like coming into the modern age and getting his YouTube channel off the ground. He's giving away four trips to four different people with each of their guides. He actually has three sub guys that guide in his service. All you have to do is subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search for Luck O The Irish Fishing Guide here on YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, subscribe to him. Uh once he hits five hundred, that point is where he's gonna do a deal. So that's odds are 1 in one in 125. That's pretty good odds on something like that. And you can take up to three people with you on your trip. So that's a $475 fishing trip. And you'll also win a six-gill um, rod and reel combo, and that's a couple hundred bucks as well. So just sub to Omar's channel, and uh, he's a pretty cool guy, and uh, maybe you'll win a catching trip.
2: Right? Awesome. And I can attest to the, the fun of those catching trips. I went on one a few years ago, and Omar's a good guy. If I win, I'm moving to Texas. Okay. (laughs) Put your money where your mouth is, Dowie. Put your money where your mouth is. We'll take you. Yep. And Nicole. Okay. Well, I I have livingfreeintennessee.com where I do a podcast, but I recently sent up an event page that's starting to gather various freedom-oriented, agorist-oriented events that we may want to go to, like Jack's Workshop will be on there. Not because you can still get a ticket for it but because you don't want to double book yourself if you're going to that one. You, or you may not want to run an event while Jack's event's going on if you're tapping into that same audience. So definitely check that out. I am per- pushing the Self-Reliance Festival in Camden, Tennessee on October 23rd. Come hang out with us and, and learn some really cool skills. We just added MIG welding demo, and I'll have a permaculture overview from Mike Bertrice, I'm pretty sure. And we've got a bunch of other cool stuff going on. That's over at livingfreeintennessee.com. Okay, with that, we're, we're ready for the quote of the week from George Orwell. George Orwell. We all know who that guy is. The most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their understanding of history. How does how does that hit you in, in today's day and age?
1: as fuck.
0: I'm wondering if we can turn it around and use it for good, because most people's understanding of history is incredibly flawed, and that's why we like our you know co co goose who occasionally joins us Prof c j yeah, uh I can't think of his guy Dan, whatever his name is with hardcore history like like I think honestly like we can use this to our own advantage because we look at what's going on now and think this is something new, and all it is is they're doing more of it like tearing down statues and all these things and rewriting history. And like, yeah. we just won't look at the things that offend us or whatever, but this has been going on most of, most of our adult lives. I mean, I can't believe how many things I learned as I got older that I was taught in school and I got A's on my history test. And I was so proud of myself and like, yeah, all that shit was wrong or all that shit was misrepresented or misrepresented in some way. Um, you know, and I think understanding history correctly may be able to be turned around and obliterate uh, people's misconceptions about reality. Like, if you actually understand history, you're probably not going to be for communism, right? Like, like right. if you actually look at the history of the true history of communism, instead of, like, your professor's, like, airy-fairy version of it where he gets to be an elite, like, because he's probably not actually going to, like, <laughs> most of the people that are for communism, when it comes, they get lined up against the wall. Yeah. Right. So, like, if you know that you're probably not going to be for it. So it's clear that this is being used against us. But maybe we can, you know, work hard to use it for us because the past is what it is. And you can change what you tell people about it, but it doesn't change what happened.
2: That's that's so true. I think about it this way. We, we look at what's going on and we're following the steps towards genocide. Right. You've all seen that, what the steps are. And we're getting further and further along. That does not mean that we have to finish the steps. And that's where I get a lot of hope when more and more people are just silently opting out of of following that path and of continuing to argue over things that aren't, you know, things we shouldn't be arguing over is, uh, you know, the, the model is there <laughs> in history, but the model doesn't always go from beginning to end. Any other thoughts before we wrap it up?
3: Hmm. Well, I think it speaks to our our, our major point of this, uh, our topic today, which is, um, you know, turning off the noise and all that is, you know, we uh, we have to understand our history, obviously, and the noise distracts us from what our history was, you know, and what what's going on now and what our history is going to be, I guess, if you want to say it that way. But, and I also think that, Mm, this is something I'm facing now. You gotta homeschool your kids because they're not gonna teach your kids history. Then you gotta focus on that. Yep. If, if that's what you're up against.
2: Absolutely. So. Well, this has been episode 56 of Unloose the Goose Cutting Through the Noise. Thanks for joining us. If you wanna Help us out. You can share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed the topic and drop us a review at whatever podcast platform you like to use. And then connect with us on social. We're on Telegram. We're on MeWe. We're all over the place. So honk, honk. Have a great evening. Honk. Honk. Unloose
0: the goose. We'll take no view. Your paradigm.